welcome to the Taking the Charge podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hein. Uh, thank you for stopping by. Thank you for finding us. Thank you for supporting us. It's wonderful to have you uh, back again. This is our final show of the 2021 calendar year. We flipped the calendar over to 2022 for next week's show, uh, but we have one more for this year. And uh, it's, um, it's it's actually one um, that I think a lot of people probably will not really think too much about. Uh, but even though uh, it's uh, something that a lot of people have seen, uh, we're actually going to be talking about the uh, pregame shows for the EuroLeague Final Four. We're geeking out on pregame shows, uh, and and it's with uh, Fran, uh, Francesca May, the events and entertainment senior manager at EuroLeague Basketball. Uh, so we talk about the uh, EuroLeague Final Four uh, pregame show, which actually won a, a series of, of awards of, of uh, uh, both global and uh, European. So really excited uh, to, uh, to talk to her about that. Uh, before we do that, uh, obviously every week we also have the uh, Taking the Charge Prospects podcast where we talk to a a young player around the world and uh, give an in-depth interview. And uh, this week, the interview is with Hugo Benitez, 2001-born French playmaker playing with Borg in the Euro Cup. Uh, So talk about plenty of things in there. This is just a taste of that. So if you enjoy youth basketball and want to hear uh, interviews with some of the some of the leading prospects around the game internationally, uh, please uh, subscribe to the podcast. It's a paid subscription. You get access to the Taking the Charge Prospects podcast, as well as the full archives of the Talking Talent podcast, where we talk about uh, we have uh, youth uh, experts, uh, scouts come on and uh, talk about uh, three players each. So each show is nine players. Uh, and that is truly around the world. Uh, some of the guys that these, uh, some of the players that these guys bring up uh, are, are also unknown for me, which is uh, super exciting. Um, so uh, this is the interview with, uh, this is a sneak preview, sorry, of the interview with Hugo Benitez. So enjoy that. We'll catch you on the other side. And how excited were you about being able to play in the Euro Cup final? Yeah, it's, it's a very good thing for me because uh, I played against a big point guard, big teams. Uh, we play many games, so 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 it's it's very good for me. I I had the big experience, and I can improve uh, faster as I can. You, I mean, you just said you know some point guards. I mean, you look at Eric Green, Isaiah Kanan, Corey yeah. Miller, McIntyre, uh, Fanon Basas, Justin Cobbs, uh, Kendrick Perry. You know, each. those. Uh, yeah, Teodosar come to in a second. Um, what did what did you think about facing those those guys? What did you what did you learn from them? You know, going at them, battling. Uh, you know, you were you know in practice uh, with your club, going you know going against you know your teammates, but then going against these guys was uh, was something different. Yeah, yeah, but it's different when we play uh, in practice and when we play uh, in a in a game because it's a big competition. It's a game, but it, it's good for me because. I know every game in Euro Cup will be very hard, and uh, every point guard in the Euro Cup are very, very big point guard, very, very talented point guard. So, so as I told you, I, I can improve uh, faster, and it's a good thing for me. I just, I just want to come on the court and be able to, 
to 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 play against them and play at this level. Uh, your birthday, uh, the 20th birthday, uh, Borg played at home against Virtus Bologna, uh, which yeah. meant uh, Milos Teodosic. Uh, you know, I always say the the maestro, uh, you know, magician uh, Milos, you know, just su such a great playmaker. Playmaker, as someone who plays the point guard, how much fun was that for you? Uh, sort of as a challenge to to play against him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was the my my best present ever <laughs> to play <laughs> against uh, Teodosic, but uh, we we lost the game. So, but uh, it was a it was a very good thing because because uh, again uh, when we played this game. I was the only point guard in uh, our team. Luka Seric played point guard too, but I was the the only point guard. So I knew uh, I will play a, a lot against Teodosic and uh, it's very, very good for me. Uh, I saw Teodosic when he played against, uh, with Serbia on the NBA and now play against him. It's a very big experience and uh, and I'm looking I'm look forward to play against him uh, too in, uh, in January. Okay, fantastic stuff. Uh, again, if you uh, if you want to become a paid subscriber, you can get the f access to the full interview, and uh, and then also obviously uh, all of the past interviews and past uh, archives of the Talking Talent podcasts. All right, let's get to the main uh, interview for the Taking the Charge po uh, podcast this week. That, like I said, was with uh, is with Francesca May, the events and entertainment senior manager of Euroleague League Basketball. Uh, if you like pregame shows, um, uh, you're going to enjoy this. And if you don't know if you will, uh, have fun because uh, it's it's an enjoy, enjoying chat. Uh, and uh, so we will talk to you next week, uh, i.e. next year. So everybody, as we say here in Germany, have a good slide into 2022. All right. On the Taking the Charge uh, podcast this week uh, is actually a, a friend I haven't seen in a long time. Uh, so um, at least a, a Zoom call is a, a, a something that's uh, been long overdue. It's nice to have a chance to see uh, Francesca May, uh, the new events uh, and entertainment senior manager of EuroLeague Basketball. Fran uh, Francesca, thanks for coming back, uh, coming on the show. Good to see you. Thank you. Good to see you two again, finally. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. I guess it was uh, probably uh, in the EuroLeague Final Four in Victoria, I guess, I guess that is where we probably saw each other the yeah. last time, I imagine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, um, and, and, and actually your function there uh, is the same one that you're at now. Um, and, and yes. so, um, you know, one of the things I like about this podcast is that, um, you know, basketball is, uh, is, is not just the game on the court. There's so much that goes around. And, uh, in this week, uh, we're going to nerd out on mega event pregame shows. Nice. Um, so, and in particular, uh, where we're going to actually you know, go more into detail is the the pre the pregame shows at the uh, 2021 Turkish Airlines EuroLeague Final Four at the uh, uh, Lennox uh, er Arena in Cologne. Um, and uh, let's let's start with uh, let's start with uh, with with your function. Um, so the the pregame shows are, are are you know are sort of part of the sport production program of the Final Four, and you're responsible for that. Um, as uh, as we met, as we mentioned in the new events and, and entertainment senior manager uh, position, let's start with what are your duties with your league basketball? Let's start with that. 
Yeah, so this is uh, the sport production program at Final Four is my main task. Uh, also because most of the time uh, is taken by this, this task. So I work, I would say, the entire year for the pregame shows of Final Four. And uh, it's a long process that uh, not many people know, know what it's behind, but uh, it's a long job and also a deep job a complex job, uh, either if you are doing this with uh, live shows or with virtual shows. So it's totally different, but there is a really um, commit, committed job behind. There are a lot of people involved in the process, in the creative process, in the production process, and during the execution process. So I work a lot of months on this. Even if the event in the end, it's only two days. Yeah. Um, when I, be, before we go into the deals, actually, um, uh, you know, when I, whenever I talk to a basketball player or a basketball coach, I, I, kind, of, um, I kind of ask for their role models. Um, and, uh, and I, I know this is maybe a little bit, um, a little bit odd. You probably have never heard of, uh, probably never really even thought of like, uh, about this question in, in your regard, but, but, uh, when you, when you went into this position, you know, what, what were some, who were some of the, what were some of the role models? What were some of the agencies? What were some of the different ways that you kind of like looked and tried to get some, uh, some, some more information, uh, you know, um, uh, role models in that regard. Uh, I, I know it's it's maybe not one to one a role model that a, that an NBA player or, or that, that a player would have. Uh, but 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 what do you what do you think about that sort of idea of, of you know avenues to kind of look and find uh, ways to um, to to grow when you were beginning then. Yeah. Well, first of all, I always like sport and basketball in particular is my passion since I was a child but at the same time I also like a lot uh, music and shows I love going to concerts I was uh, lucky enough to work at Olympic Games so Olympic and closing uh, uh, opening and closing ceremonies which I really uh, like Uh, so I for me now, this role is a perfect combination of sport and entertainment. All of us who are working in sport and entertainment, of course, they have the Super Bowl as a, you know, <laughs> example. That, that's the but, NBA for basketball players. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but of course, it's, I mean, they... They had such a long history in this that it's really hard to to compete or even to try to copy something. And of course, we are trying to do our own things based on the brand that we represent in terms of Final Four and EuroLeague basketball, in terms of what are the expectations and the tastes of our fans. So okay, there is the Super Bowl, which is like the best in terms of uh, halftime show, but we have to to keep in mind that we represent a brand. We have uh, an image that we have uh, also uh, to be able to represent during the pre-game shows. 
So yes, we have something that uh, we take as an example, but we only try to take what is best for us and which respect our brand. So people might be wondering why I want to talk to you. Um, and, uh, and it's because you and your league um, have won global, uh, a couple of global prizes in the last uh, uh, week or so. Um, and congratulations on that. So, so first of all, it was a, a first and third place at the Best Event Awards uh, World, uh, the BEA World, the International Festival of Events and Live Communication. Um, so this is a global, these are the global uh, awards and you took first place in the category digital transformation and you took third place in the category use of technology. And we'll get to those in, 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 a, in, a, in, a, in a couple of minutes. Um, but the shows were produced by Filmmaster Events and, uh, yeah. and, and so they create and produce events, live shows and ceremonies. Um, and, uh, and this filmmaker events uh, group uh, um, uh, entity agency is part of the Italian Entertainment Network Group. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about them uh, before we go into actually everything that, that they were able to, to do uh, with your guidance? Yeah. First of all, it's just uh, by chance that are, they are Italian and I'm Italian. So because <laughs> before starting with the process of uh, the pregame shows, we always evaluate different agencies. So in the end, it happened that... Uh, the project that they proposed to us in both uh, Vittoria and for Cologne and also for next final four are the ones that uh, better responded to our uh, our requests and our and the briefing that we did so uh, they have a large experience in terms of uh, also olympic ceremonies and big sport events so this is, of course, uh, an additional uh, aspect that, uh, that uh, give us uh, more confidence, let's say. Also, actually, the creative director, uh, uh, Adriano Martella, was also awarded by the, the BEA as uh, creative director of the year. So we are really proud of it. And uh, it's really a uh, team working uh, with them. Uh, actually, they are like part of our team and we work, I, I, I work with them uh, on a daily basis. And uh, this is really a team, a team job with them. Um, let's, let's start off with um, sort of the thought process uh, and, and uh, into the, the pregame show and maybe how it changed in delivering a, a transformational viewing experience uh, once you realized that the fans would not be at the event. Uh, obviously, fans were not at the, uh, uh, the 2021 uh, EuroLeague Final Four in Cologne. Uh, how, how did that thought process and, um, and uh, management of what you guys were going to do, how did that sort of change and develop, uh, if at all? Uh, by the time you actually realize that there won't be fans uh, in, in the house? 
Yes, actually, it was really complex because uh, as we had to adjust the entire Final Four to the new reality, we also had to adjust the pregame shows to this. So we were not able anymore to offer live uh, elements to, to the fans, which are usually on the stands of the arena. So we were trying to think at first of a combination of both live and virtual elements. Then when we understood that we had to play behind closed doors, we turned the, the, the project into a complete virtual shows, producing augmented reality. And I think it was a first in this, uh, in this field to have the, such event. And I think this is why in the end, uh, we were able to to win something. <laughs> uh, almost there uh, to winning. Um, so you, you just mentioned it was the first time in Europe and and at any basketball event that a show used aug augmented reality live. Um, personally, I, I, I still feel young at heart. Um, uh, but for some reason, when I hear the term augmented reality, it scares me. Um, <laughs> tell us more about augmented reality and, and what that means for somebody kind of like myself, I, I will admit that really can't, um, get a total grasp on what that means. Yeah. So I know, I know it's probably not as bad as it sounds. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. So the shows were made mainly for TV spectators. So the augmented reality give the opportunity to create contents that can be seen, not in the real world, but on screens. So even the people who were in the arena, so all of us who were working in the arena, were able to enjoy our shows because there were lights, there were still some dancers, we had some uh, LEDs, uh, huge screens. So the people in the arena, they were still able to enjoy a great show, but it was completely different from the show that the, the TV spectators were enjoying on TV. Why that? Because we created contents that are like uh, uh, covering the real environment. So graphic that is going only on screens. And we were able to combine these two, uh, two aspects and create a virtual reality. So it's a reality which in the end it's uh, augmented and it's developed with additional elements uh, made mainly for TV spectators. Okay, um, so let's get to the awards. Uh, so as we mentioned, uh, uh, best, in, um, best event awards, uh, world, BEA world, um, and you guys took first place in digital transformation. Uh, one over finalists from seven countries uh, of similar presentations from company for companies such as Bayer and eBay. First off, um, what did you think about your chances of winning? And did you know uh, the other presentations at, at all? So what happens with these kind of awards? First, you apply. Then you have to hope that you are short, shortlisted. Then you do, a pre if you are shortlisted, you do a presentation to a jury and then they vote. So if, uh, uh, because this time everything was virtual, so also all the presentation to the jury, 
you are able to follow the presentations of the other uh, companies. So you know what they are presenting. So you have an idea. But the thing is that you don't know what the jury is going to vote, of course, also because sometimes the projects are so different that it's really hard to, to have an idea. So you have uh, these big companies who present their projects, which are not really comparable with yours. So it's really hard because sometimes there are more events linked with, um, let's say, a business environment rather than a sport event. So you have really a wide um, presence in terms of different events, different companies. So it's really hard to get an idea and to have the feeling if you're going to win something or not. Um, to the yearly presentation, what parts of the show, let's say, counted towards the digital transformation idea? Because as, we're, as we say, we're going to talk about later is use of technology. So what parts of the show were counting towards this, the, the category digital trans, uh, uh, trans, um, transformation, right? No. Uh, yes. yes. Transformation. Yeah. Transformation. Yeah. Yeah, the entire show actually, because okay. uh, because this time uh, since uh, the shows were were produced uh, only for TV, so we have to rely for the entire duration of the show on augmented reality. So the entire show was was uh, taken into an account for that. And what do you think gave the yearly show the edge in the end? What what part of the show that you that you guys were able to put together? took you guys over the top well uh let's Everything. say it was awesome <laughs> no you know I mean, that in the end it was really complex process also because we have to change during the production because the, the pandemic situation was changing so we had to to adjust and to adapt and the film master events were really uh flexible to follow all our needs, all our expectations. So this was really, really good because, uh, of course, they they also wanted to, to reach uh, something and they were super enthusiastic to have also the chance to create something new and something innovative. So I wouldn't say that there is something in particular. Uh, so digital transportation... Uh, digital transformation you guys won it on the world uh stage uh category but you also won the bea Ita uh, italia uh, award uh, also at the bea italia uh, i think you mentioned also that your creative director was named uh, as the creative director of the year and also that film film masters events was uh, awarded as the best agency um and yeah. the in the category use of technology at the BEA Italia, uh, you guys took second place. Uh, Global-wise, yeah, exactly. you guys ended up in with third place. Uh, even more competition it was shortlisted. 11 agencies from eight countries uh, working for companies such as Vodafone, BMW, and Google. Um, maybe... Uh, you know, I started the same questions. I guess it was probably the same presentation uh, uh, organization uh, uh, process uh, where you presented and you see the presentations from the others. 
Um, you know, what did you think of the others and, and, and what, what, what part of it you think, uh, uh, you know, and also maybe in particular, cause the use of technology, um, I, I, is that again, the same sort of answer that everything, uh, uh, counted towards the, uh, the, that category that, uh, that, that because it was all technique, uh, it was all part of the te- te- technology that you had to use. Yeah, no, for sure. The, the the international awards gave us a lot of uh, satisfaction, let's say, because it's more difficult to, to win there. The, competi- the competition is much higher. So we, we are really proud that we were able to confirm the first place uh, in the di- digital transformation. Also considering the fact that during these, uh, these last years, because of the pandemic, Everybody were producing shows with uh, with the virtual reality and the use of technology. So in this case, again, the competition was even higher than than the past. So for us, it was a big challenge, but at the same time, it was really a big result that that we were able to to reach. Um, and this is actually uh, this is actually not the uh, first time that you guys were awarded. Um, uh, you you guys took the uh, yearly basketball and, and film masters took third place in the best sports events category uh, for the 2019 uh, yearly final four in in uh, in Vittorio Gasteiz. Um, maybe what were some of the highlights of that show? that stood out that maybe got you guys the award? Yeah, so we, I I just want to to tell that we started already in Belgrade to work on more on the sport production and entertainment side of the final four. With the Victoria uh, 2019, we wanted to give uh, something more and we try to improve more. So I think what makes the difference there was uh, um spectacular elements it was like a huge column coming from the roof which was really impactful where we were projected the images there we had a lot of dancers we had a lot of uh, uh, show props that i think made the difference uh, uh, in comparison with the past uh, of course, there it was based on live elements because we luckily we have fans in the arena. Mm-hmm. So, but still we were able to offer something different from the past. Um, you you kind of mentioned it there, uh, but what what sort of time frame are we talking about? Um, to you, uh, uh, and we'll talk about 2022 in, in, in a couple of minutes, but what... Um, how 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 long is this whole process of putting together the show? So let's say we start. Uh, usually, if we are able, we already start uh, immediately after the the previous final four, because if we already know the next host city, we immediately start to work. Usually, so we start with site visits because it's not only. Uh, site visits for the event itself, but it's also for the shows because we have to uh, to watch the, the venue, which are the, the infrastructure that the venue can offer, 
all um, this is particularly important in terms of uh, ceiling and the rigging, what we can hang on the ceiling in order to create uh, some special effects, which are the spaces that we are we have at our disposal in order to understand how we can move around the court and in the court. So we start with the site visits and to analyze what the venue can offer. The lights, for example, the audio system. So we try to evaluate all the infrastructure that the venue is able to offer. And after that, based on the also on the creative idea that we try always to, uh, to have in advance, we decide which, uh, how we have to reinforce, if needed, all the infrastructure in the, in the venue. So there is a kind of technical feasibility of the creative uh, uh, plan. And if needed, we need to adjust the creative uh, project with the infrastructure. So it's a developing process during months. Uh, then let's say it, we start with the technical feasibility. Once the technical aspects is clear, we focus on the creative production. And this requires to work on every single graphic elements that then our branding department have to approve to make sure that all the creative aspects will respect our image and our brand identity. And then we also have to um, combine the graphic and the elements and the show elements with the music. So there is also a process of uh, choosing the music or sometimes create uh, a music specifically for the show. If we have dancers, then combine with the chore choreographies as well with the, with the clothes of the, of the dancer that will have to respect our brand identity, the show itself, the colors, the show elements. So there are a lot of things involved that we have to, to evaluate, to plan, to study, to realize. Just with what you just said. So at the time of recording, we're uh, about to move into 2022. Uh, and that means we're less than six months from tip-off of the EuroLeague Final Four in Berlin, Mercedes-Benz Arena, May 27th. Uh, you'll be responsible for the show again, uh, and you, you're going to be working again with the uh, Film Masters events. Um, so first off, does that worry you at all, hearing less than six months before uh, everything needs to be ready, or, or are you okay right now? Stress, stress no, level, okay. stress level as far as the event goes. No, we, I'm, uh, I'm lucky because I really like my job and I really enjoy. The, you can like your job, job and still have a, have a high level of stress because something major is, <laughs> yes. is still has to be done. So, yeah, no. And for sure, I have to say that within all these awards make, uh, I mean, a little bit of pressure on my shoulders because of course, uh, what we would like to do as EuroLeague is to always offer the fans something new, something appealing, something that they can appreciate beside the, the basketball game, which, I mean, the Final Four is, is the, 
the top level of, of our basketball. So uh, in terms of, of clubs uh, in Europe. So, but we always want to, to, to give something more because Indiana sport is also entertainment. So for sure, there is pressure also because we always aim to, to the best we can do and the, the, the best that we can offer to our fans. So of course there is this pressure, but because we, we want to do things well, let's say. <laughs> and it's a challenge again, because also of the pandemic, we, we don't know how it's going on, but uh, the experience we had last year taught us a lot. So taught us to be uh, flexible, to be resilient. So uh, we are stronger because of this experience, but of course it's not easy because there are a lot of challenges to, to face. But let's say we are lucky to do a nice job. <laughs> Um, and so are, are you, so I assume you guys are right now are, 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 are dual planning this thing right now for, for, yes. for, for May fans or no fans. And that's, yeah. 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 Of course we, we hope to have, to have fans. And, and is there, is, and is, and is there like a, um, let's say a deadline for you guys that you have to know okay, let's say whatever, you know, a week in advance that you need to set up certain lights that would be different with fans or without fans. Is there, is there a deadline in there that you communicate with your league basketball say, look, we need to know, you know, at that point, whenever that is, whether or not we have fans, you know, that we need to know that we need to know by, um, you know, obviously health considerations and all that aside, but that you guys really need to know by just to actually physically go in and set up the show that needs to be set up. Is, is there a deadline in there that not that you necessarily have one now, but. No, well, actually we are observing the situation and, and taking eyes really well open and we are trying to get information as much as possible on the pandemic uh, ev evolution, especially because as we, we see now is getting worse. Uh, but as I said, the good thing is that we learn a lot from last year. So if we have to change plans, I'm sure that we will be ready. Uh, and uh, we, uh, of course, at now it's really early to say, but uh, in terms of show, what I can tell is that uh, because we experience the augmented reality, which is uh, an innovative thing, we don't want to leave this thing now. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, since we really hope to have fans in the arena, we want to create something really special for them. Also because it would mean for them to come back to our event so we want really to create something special for them as well um kind of a tough question because you're on, on the on the other side of this but so if you had to experience the show in cologne would you have rather watched it than from home then in the arena probably because it was more of a let's call it bombastic entertaining show than than yeah. than you were able to do. Um, so, so how do you how do you you know and maybe this is maybe this goes along with it. So hardest part of all this and like and now you know you do have the augmented reality. 
is there any way to bring that augmented reality to the people actually um, in this in the stadium? How how does that how does yes. that work? I don't want to if this is a business secret, you know, trade secret that you you know. But. Yes, yes. No, already in Cologne, this was was possible because okay. you have screens that you can use and you can see what's going on on TV. Okay. So okay. you have uh, so if you are in the arena, actually you have a double experience. Because you have the live shows, but at the same time, screens can show you what's going on on TV. So you have a kind of double experience, live and augmented reality as well. Any secrets that you can uh, offer us for what's going on in uh, in in Berlin? Um, you said you you know you guys want to push the envelope. You know you want to be you know better, offer more. Any secrets that you can uh, let us know here? No. <laughs> Um, surprise yeah of course i didn't expect anything else uh so so um for you how relaxed are you when the opening tip-off is i mean so, so I could, actually before before that do you do the halftime show no no okay. no we don't so, we so don't. then uh, how, the how relaxed the are you <laughs> when that opening tip-off goes because then it's like, all right, cool. Especially of the final, because you still, you know, of the final, how yes. relieved are you when that happens? So let's say before I have, let's say my level of attention is super high, really, really high. Also, because it's not a matter of uh, putting on a show on a stage, but it's a matter of being on time. So because you have TV, you have to be on time. You have some commitment with the sponsors and with TV. So the tip off of the game must be on time, uh, meaning that the pregame show must start on time. So I'm having eyes everywhere, looking at the, at the timing on the board. And uh, I'm usually next to the show caller who is doing the, the queue and, uh, and will uh, we'll give the, the, let's say, the good to go for the pregame show. Usually in that moment, the music starts, we have blackout and uh, I'm like, uh, you know, like under drugs, so, but <laughs> in a positive way, because, <laughs> yeah, sure. way, because really my attention is super high and uh, one when the, the, the shows, all the shows, but in particular for sure the one before the championship game, I'm so wow, like ah, so light, you know, I can fly. <laughs> Hopefully the show went well because yeah. if not well, the there's nothing else you can do after it once it's done. So <laughs> exactly. And then I'm like, oh, finally, I can enjoy the game. But then I cannot really relax because usually if you have funds, you have all these entertainment activities during timeouts, during uh, between the, the quarters. Sometimes you have something at, uh, at the halftime. And then you have the trophy ceremony, which is all also under the umbrella of the sport production program. Okay. okay. So, so you I cannot so you, really okay. never relax totally. Okay. Until the actual, until the final ceremony, everybody's done. Until yes, until the captain lift the, the trophy. Yeah. Um, the let's let's say last question. So uh, in in particular with uh, with Cologne. Um, 
the biggest nightmare you had in the days, weeks in advance that you kept on worrying, oh man, is that going to work? I was super uh, nervous because uh, in Cologne, we did something that we never did before. I think nobody did before. Uh, As well, Film Master events was the first time for them. So we never did anything like that before. There, There was also a huge cooperation with TV because of course, again, the, 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 the shows were produced for TV. So we had a lot of meetings on site with all the camera operators to make sure that they were using the right cameras and at the exact right moment. Also because it's again, it's not an only a live uh, show. So, so even if you are shooting on a dancer rather than another, this is not a big thing. But if you shoot something that is not corresponding in that exact moment with the augmented reality element, everything is out of time. Mm-hmm. So you really have to be precise with timing, with the cameraman shooting the exact right uh, element or, or a place. So it was like a question mark before the, the shows. Fantastic, uh, Francesca May. Uh, new events and entertainment senior manager of your league basketball. Thank you for allowing me to nerd out on pregame shows. Uh, Thank you. It's uh, not something that everybody gets a chance to talk or think about. And, uh, and that was one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on. Obviously it's a huge honor for you guys to win the awards. And as, as someone who has been uh, involved with your league basketball for many, many years, uh, congratulate you guys. Uh, I, I know how, much the whole team uh, hold the Euroleague basketball works on the Euroleague final four in general. And then you have this one specific uh, element uh, of it. So congratulations on that. And thank you for giving us so much insight. And now everybody, um, there will be a link uh, in the show notes where you can catch the, 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 the video. That's one of the good things about the augmented reality is that people can watch it afterwards, right? You have a, yeah, yeah, you know, that you exactly. can actually show it to people, not just someone who is yes. on site or not. So you have a, a, yes. a, a piece of history that you can watch over and over again. And now uh, when, when we get to, uh, when we get to the uh, Euro League Final Four in Berlin in May, uh, we will now have a totally different picture of everything that we're going to see because we had a wonderful conversation with you. So, uh, Francesca, thank thanks. you. Thank you very much. Uh, thank have you a, for this opportunity. Have a wonderful uh, new year. Uh, and as we say here in Germany, have a good slide into 2022. And uh, and hopefully you don't have uh, too many nightmares about uh, the, uh, the, uh, the the Euro League Final Four coming up in in uh, uh, in May in Berlin. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much.